0: So what is up, H12, how are y'all doing tonight? Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, Um, as Chase so beautifully put, first of all, let's give it up for Chase. Pastor Chase, I am thoroughly impressed with him, man. He's doing such a great job, man. Thank you for the introduction, brother. I mean, you made me feel important, talented, anointed. I mean, you you said it just how I wrote it for you. I appreciate it. Yes, my name is Cameron Glassford, and I do lead worship here um, on Sundays at our our main stage here. Um, But I am thoroughly excited and humbled. I feel very privileged to be here um, more than you know because um, this is actually my old stomping grounds. I got my start volunteering and leading worship here at H 12, so it is a pleasure for me um, to be back and lead you guys in this conversation um, tonight. So, um, before we get started, I, I wanted to play a little game, if that's okay with y'all. Um, it is a fairly simple game. Uh, it's just, I'm gonna ask some questions, and the answers are, are just yes or no. Very simple. Um, you don't have to raise your hand, just shout it at me. Um, yes or no, depending on how you feel, based on these questions, I'm gonna ask, okay? You guys ready? Y'all ready? Woo, yeah. that was delayed. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right, cool, let's do this, okay. Question number one. When Justin Bieber comes on the radio, I feel happy. Any? No, no beavers? No no believers? I see a couple. I, I see a couple. Okay, question number two. I like dogs more than cats. So we have no cat lovers here at all? Are there a couple? You know they're not saved, right? They're not, they don't know Jesus at all. Um, I'm kidding. Um, okay, number three. Boys are stupid. That is, that is insulting, okay, okay, okay. Number four, number four, girls are crazy. Thank you. Now guys, guys, I'm gonna let you know, it doesn't get any better. When they become women, it gets worse. I'm just letting you know. Number five, UGA is clearly better than Georgia Tech. Dogs, earth, earth. Okay, and this is, this is a bonus one, okay? Bonus. Snapchat is better than Instagram. Yeah! No, yes? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. So see, the simplest questions, guys, the simplest questions require usually just a yes or no answer, right? One question, two answers, and you get to choose. But oftentimes, man, those yes or no questions can be very difficult to answer. In fact, depending on how you answer those questions, it can cause a lot of conflict and tension in your relationships and your life. So guys, if you were here uh, last week, we're going to continue the conversation that we started um, with the series called Need for Speed. Um, We're going to talk about how our culture associates speed with success But oftentimes what we figure out is that too much speed allows our souls to drift from the most important things in our lives. It causes chaos, causes burnout, and we miss out on the things that God has for us. Also, guys, if you were here last week, we gave you 10 symptoms of what a high-speed life looks like. And they're gonna put them back on the screen and we're gonna review them together. Number one, you are always rushing from one thing to the next. Number two, you can't sit and think without falling asleep. (laughs) Number three, you never sit in silence. Number four, you never have a day off. Number five, you say yes to any opportunity without even thinking. Number six, every time you go to retreat, camp, or mission trip, you hear God clearly, but you don't hear him any other time. Seven, if you have a quiet moment alone, you get overwhelmed with the number of things that is on your mind. Eight, you never disconnect from your phone, the internet, or any other electronic device. Hello, that's me, Lord. Number nine, you connect your worth as a person to the things that you do. And number 10, if something or someone in your life is a problem, you promise yourself you'll get to it later, but you never really do. Now, no matter if one of those are true for you or all of those are true for you, you may be associating speed with success and it will undo your life. It will bring conflict, it will bring chaos, and it will undo the very success that we're striving to reach. So, I am not immune to this at all. Um, actually, a lot of those <laughs> were from me as well. Um, and I remember a point specifically in my life when I was living at an all-time high speed, right? It's about four years ago, I was working for a trucking company. Um, I was just making sure every night that the the trucks were making the deliveries where they're supposed to go on time. But I worked the third shift or the graveyard shift, what they call it, which was 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Ooh, yes, ooh, yes. I would not wish that shift on my worst enemy. You, you hear what I'm saying? Like, if the devil had to work that shift, I'd be like, man, that's harsh. I, I mean, He's evil, but that's, that's really late. It's really late. Um, <laughs> but I was working this shift, and um, aside from that, I had other responsibilities. I had other things that I was trying to do and trying to accomplish. I was, Like I said, I was leading worship here. I was volunteering here, leading a small group here. I was leading worship on Sundays. I had meetings. Um, I was working on music, so I was at the studio when I wasn't at work and when I wasn't sleeping. And doing all these extra things that I felt was getting me closer to success. Now in this particular week, I, I, I overbooked, big time. Um, I'll try to paint it for you. So Monday and Tuesday I had meetings, then I go to work, wake up, go to the studio, before I had to go back to work. Wednesday I had rehearsal for Sunday. Thursday, which was when the H12 was originally on, I had, I had to lead worship here to serve for the small group. Friday, for whatever reason, I volunteered to do a wedding, to sing at a wedding. I don't know what that was about. Saturday, I probably hung out with friends. I can't remember because my life was a blur. Um, And Sunday, I was leading worship all day. So that next Monday, 11 p.m., I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty burnt out, right? So I'm at the office. I'm working. I'm the only one doing my job now, the only one that's doing my job, the only one responsible for doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm at my desk, and I'm out, I'm gone. Like I'm asleep, there is no waking me. I don't know how long I was asleep, I don't know if it was five minutes, I don't know if it was 50 minutes, but I was gone. You hear what I'm saying to you? Okay, so, so and it was one of those hard sleeps. You know what I mean when I say hard sleeps? It's like when you're sleeping and you wake up, you're like, hey, hey, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, you don't know like what day it is, what time it is. What year it is? I mean, like, did I miss the second coming of Jesus? Like, stuff like that. Um, So I woke up, and I immediately realized that, yeah, um, I need to make some changes in my life. Uh, And so I was living a high-speed life, and there was things that I needed to correct. And so I did. But as students, you you guys deal with this. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. You guys are students, so that means you're in school. So if you're in school, that means you have tests you have tests, you have papers, part of you what are doing sports, you guys have extracurricular things you're doing outside, you have drama, you have course, you have band, the list goes on and on. Some of you guys have jobs that you do, maybe it's a babysitting gig or whatever it is on the side, you guys are at church, and you guys maybe serve here at different ministries, you guys are, you guys are doing a lot of things, a lot of extra things. And for most of you guys, for most students I know, um, When you're asked to do something new, when a new opportunity comes and arises, more times than not, the answer is always yes. Um, And that's the truth of it. We do so many things and we add so many things extra to what we're already supposed to be doing. And if we're honest with each other, if we can be honest, I think sometimes we take pride in the fact that we're doing a lot of stuff. For whatever reason, the bigger our checklist is, the bigger our to-do list is, we feel more important. We feel like everything that we add to the list raises the level of importance. Uh, better is our, our chances for success. And uh, guys, that's, I'm here to tell you that, that, that that's a lie. Um, and we talked about this last week that who we are is not as imp- who we are is more important than what we do. right Our value is not in what we do but who we are in Christ Jesus. So I want to talk about what it means to slow down tonight. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Um, Because like I said, you guys guys have so much on your plate, and I understand. Um, And this culture, this culture will let you believe or make you believe that the more things that you do, the more you accomplish, the harder you work, the harder you grind, whatever, you're going to be more successful, right? And it's blasted all over our culture. And our social media is probably the worst. Letting you believe this fake lie that is not true at all. Now, I am not going to sit here and condemn social media because I am very much involved with social media. Um, And one of my favorite people that I follow, please don't judge me, um, is DJ Khaled. Do you guys know who that is? (laughs) Somebody say, yes. (laughs) Now, DJ Khaled is a character for sure. But if you let him tell it, that man never sleeps. He is always working, he's always grinding. I got the major keys, son, we doing work, we in the studio. You see him take pictures like, and videos at like three in the morning, he's like, yeah, we still at it, we grinding, we getting it while y'all sleep, which I don't know what that means. It, don't, it doesn't sound appropriate at all. Um, and you see him, he's like, we're, we're, we're doing it all, hashtag do work, son, hashtag grinding, hashtag I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like what, what, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> But we see this, and he's like a perfect snapshot of the culture that we believe, the culture that we buy into, that the more things we do, the more we grind, the more we never sleep, the more we turn and turn and turn, that we're somehow going to become more successful. That's not the case, guys. That's not not the truth at all. That is a lie. So tonight, we're going to talk about what it means and how it looks to slow down. I mean, to do that, We're going to turn to the best best place I know how, which is the Word of God. We're going to turn to our Bibles. Guys, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Tonight, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one directly under your seat. And that, we're going to be on page 1041. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Page 1041 in those Worship Center Bibles. And guys, as you're turning, I'm going to give you a little backstory. okay? So in this story, Jesus is doing all these things. He's doing all these miracles. He's, he's healing the sick. He's, he's casting out demons. I mean, he's, he's fed the 5,000 families with two fish and five loaves. I mean, he is being Jesus, a freaking rock star, like what he does, doing what only he can do, right? And he's coming into the home. He's coming into a village. Um, to basically to relax, to fellowship, to enjoy the company of his friends, right? And so he comes into the house of these two sisters. Now, for those of you with siblings, mmm, I heard it. For those of you with siblings, you know that the struggle is real, right? Okay, now, especially for the older siblings, who's the oldest? And you don't even have to be the oldest, who has somebody under them, younger than them that, that, okay. So you understand, right? But I'm gonna speak to the, the older siblings right now. How annoying is it that we get in so much trouble for the stupid things that our younger sibling does? Oh, I'm gonna preach it. I'm gonna preach it. I'm, I'm I'm gonna preach it. I'm gonna preach it. How is that my fault? You understand what I'm saying? Like, and you hear it all day. Tell me, tell me if this doesn't sound just like your parents. What happened? You was responsible, you're the oldest. You should. I've been watching him. I know, I know, because I've heard it too. Like, so, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Mom, you're telling me it's my fault that this man jumped off the roof onto a trampoline to see if he could fly. That's my fault. Oh, so now you mad at me because he's missing his top real teeth. That's my fault? You're real selfish. That's real selfish. But as siblings, we, we know the struggle, right? We know the tension between siblings, the headbutting, the fights about the most ridiculous things. We've all experienced it if we had siblings, right? And these two in this story are no different at all. So we're going to pick up in verse 38, and we're going to talk about these two siblings and their differences. Verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, pause. I'm going to pause right there. So Jesus is in town. He says, Martha, I'm coming. I'm coming to your house, and I'm, I'm ready to fellowship. I'm ready to kick back. I'm, I'm going to relax. I'm coming. I'm coming. So naturally, naturally, if you're hosting someone at your home, you're going to want to roll out the red carpet, right? You're going to want to host them properly. You're going to want to make sure that, that, that there's food for them to eat, that there's water for them to drink, that the house... Is in impeccable shape, right? You gotta make sure that everything's clean, especially women. I'm sorry, but I, my wife can attest to this. For whatever reason, the house has to be completely spotless when somebody comes over and visits. I don't understand, and and the problem with that is it's never clean any other time, ever. It's never clean. Listen, we have two kids under the age of three, right? So listen, to, yeah, ooh, yes, ooh, don't, ooh, pray for us. We are in danger. We don't. We need help, call somebody, please. (laughs) Don't look at me like that, call somebody. So we have two kids under the age of three. Our house is never clean, but for whatever reason, when it is clean, it is clean, you still feel that need to like apologize for stuff that's not even really a big deal. Like, oh my God, please don't look at that cup on the coaster sitting on the table. (laughs) We don't usually live like this. I'm sorry, you had to see that. We do. We, that's, I mean, so, if we're honest, that's what we do, right? So naturally, Martha is no different. She wants to prepare the homes. Jesus, and, and it's Jesus. Can we be honest? This is Jesus coming to her house. Not Jesus from down the street. This is Jesus coming to her house to fellowship and relax. Naturally, understandably so, Martha wants to make it perfect for him. So that's where we pick up with the next part of the drama, okay? Verse 39 and 40. If you're still with me, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations, preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister have left me to do the work by myself? <laughs> I feel like that's how Martha sounds in my head. I'm sorry. Uh, tell her to help me. Now, this is something we can relate to. Like I said, we have siblings and we fight but if I'm honest, this, kind, this story, this fight here is, it's kind of lame, right? It's like, it's not really a fight. It's real, it's too proper. It's not enough drama. I need, I need drama, I need escalation. You understand what I'm saying? So I Googled, or YouTube actually, I YouTube sibling fight. Yeah. Y'all enjoy this, y'all enjoy this clip. Now, I don't know what a teddy baby is but I know I don't want to be one. You understand what I'm saying? She meant that when she said that, right? That's what I mean by drama, right? That escalated too quickly, okay? But just like those sisters, Mary and Martha were having issues, right? And so we're going to pick up at verse 41 um, to to document their issues. Um, They're fighting, and Jesus interrupts him. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you were worried and upset about many things. See, Martha is worried, and understandably so. See, we all worry, right? But why do we do that? What do we accomplish? What do we gain by worrying? See, worrying only adds anxiety, which adds more unwanted stress. See, but we all do it, and it doesn't make any sense. See, I want you guys to write this down if you, if you have your notes, if you're taking notes. The very second that we focus our attention on things we can't control, we take our attention off of the one who has all control. I'll say that again. The very second we focus our attention on things we can't control, we take our eyes off of the one or our attention off of the one who has all control. But this happens all the time, right? We worry. And Martha was worried. And Jesus, he calls her out for worrying. He said that it's not worth it. Don't say yes to worry and work. Jesus says, in fact, she was so distracted by all the things that she was trying to accomplish that she missed out on the most important thing, which is Jesus. He is the most important thing. In verse 42, he says... But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, here's what Jesus is saying. There are very few things that are important in this life, but the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ. But sometimes we forget that. We act and carry on and worry as if everything depends on us. That if we somehow neglect things or we forget to do things or we say no to certain things, that things would cease to happen. God said, not so. So we have to remember that it's okay and necessary to say no to certain things. I believe uh, Jesus would put it this way if you're taking notes. He would say, save your yes for the best. Or as I like to put it, keep the main thing The main thing. And that simply means that when we keep Jesus as a main thing, yes, we have all these things going around in our world, all these things circling, all these things pulling at us, all these different responsibilities, all these things that we want to accomplish, all these goals that we want to reach. That's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, guys. What I am saying is that when we keep Jesus at the center of it all, when we allow Him to be the head of everything in our lives, everything else falls in order perfectly. It is amazing how that happens. When we put Jesus first, everything else aligns the way it's supposed to. I believe that's what Jesus would want us to remember, to save your yes for the best. Now, I want to give you guys a simple formula for success. Now, there are many formulas, but I want to give you this one if you want to write this down, because the culture that we live in will tell you that speed equals success, but it's not necessarily true. I would say that success equals sustainable speed. Success equals sustainable speed. Because I can't find anybody in the Bible who did anything for the kingdom of God, who made any impact whatsoever, who was lazy. So please understand what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying don't strive for things, don't do things. But if we're working so hard, That we can't keep the speed at which we're running. Or even worse, if we substitute working for God for having a relationship with God, we've missed the point. We've missed the point totally. And we need to go back and realign the things in order in its proper place with Jesus at the head. And I know some of you are saying, but Cameron, you don't don't understand. Man, I have so many things going on, I have school. I have tests, I have sports, I have friends, I have a social life, I have family, I have church, I serve here. I have all these things that I do. I can't just say no to those things. And I get it. You can't just say no to some things. That's understandable. And what you need to also understand is that you're going to have seasons in your life that are more busy than others. But the key is to learn how to navigate through those busy seasons. And we can do that when we put Jesus at his proper place. when we rely on him to show us the way to go. So I'm going to give you guys two applications, rather two questions to ask yourselves whenever you have a new opportunity placed in front of you. Okay? The first one is this. Is God asking me to do this? See, in the story, Martha is doing all these things. She is working. She is doing what she knows to do. In her heart, it's right. She's serving. She's working. She's doing all these things. But yet Jesus still says that what she chose was the wrong thing. See, Martha was making sandwiches that Jesus never asked her to make. See, and we act that way too. We make those same mistakes where we act that our relationship with God is based on works. And it's not. So if you don't remember anything else I say to you tonight, you can write this down. You can remember it. Don't live a life of work. Live a life of worship. You see, when we worship, when we remain close to God, we hear with clarity exactly what it is that he wants us to do. There is no guesswork. When you remain at the feet of Jesus, everything is made clear for you. Second question. Can I sustain the speed of life? Do you know what the word sustain means? It means to be supported physically and or mentally. So when a new opportunity comes up, ask yourself, can I sustain the speed of life? Can I remain healthy? Will my soul remain healthy if I add this new responsibility to my life? Because if you don't, it'll end badly for you. And I don't want you to say yes to new opportunities just so you don't let anybody down. Because the reality is, you end up letting yourself down when you burn out because you're carrying things you were never meant to carry. So, we see it all over in our world, in our culture. And we see what happens when people are moving at an all-time high speed that they can't sustain. Don't let that be you. Remain close to Jesus. Allow him to set the trajectory for your life. Allow him to let you know the things that he wants you to add to your plate. See, we see it in our world where people's responsibilities enlarge, but their souls shrink. It happens every day. So my plea to you is this, guys. To live a life of worship, not worry and work. And when you rely on the power of God, you will remain sustained.